Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave. I'm a sophomore at Santa Clara. And today I'm talking with Levy School of Business Dean Karen Beck Dudley. She joined Santa Clara in 2015 after a little over nine years at Florida State University, where she was also the dean of the School of Business. And before that, she was at Utah State. um, And she started out teaching law at Utah State. Um, She was the first woman dean at Santa Clara and was previously the first female dean at Florida State and Utah State. Throughout her career, she has helped lead initiatives to advance uh, the careers of women in business, including the Initiative for Women's Economic Empowerment at Santa Clara. Um, In this episode, we talk about what trends are going to transform business over the next five years. We talk about Miss Beck Dudley's goals for the business school and the program's skills and mindsets that students should be aware of. Um, and we talked some about her personal career path. I had a lot of fun with this conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get into the interview. Here we go. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Karen Beck Dudley, the Dean of the School of Business at Santa Clara University. And I'd love to start by asking, what did you want to do when you were 10 years old? <laughs> what did I want to do when I was 10 years old? I played college at 10 years old, which is a weird thing, I know. And so I really wanted to be a college professor Hmm. uh, or I wanted to own an employment agency. Hmm. And in my day, you you got a job by going to an employment agency and then they would place you in jobs. It's not like today. Hmm. So those are are my two career paths when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And did that change at all when you got into college? Totally changed. I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. And my, but I love college because I've been playing college since I was 10. And my mom asked me what I was going to graduate in. So I added up my credits and I could graduate in political science. And so I said political science. Hmm. And from there, I actually went to law school, but I never anticipated going to law school. Did you did you enjoy law or did you just feel like you went into it because you were supposed to? <laughs> no, I went into it because my late husband was uh, accepted into a PhD program at Washington State University. He was a soil chemist and we wanted to go to school at the same time and there was a law school up there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went to the University of Idaho. But then it turned out I loved law school. I re- mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people who actually really liked the study of law. Mm-hmm. Didn't like the practice of it as much as the study of it, but I really liked law school. Mm-hmm. And then um, what, what happened when you graduated? From so when I graduated, I took a job with a large law firm in Salt Lake City. Uh, and in fact, it was the largest law firm in Salt Lake City at the time and practiced law for a little bit over a year. Uh, but my husband took a job that he didn't like with the federal government and he really wanted to be a university professor. Mm-hmm. So he took a job at Utah State uh, and we wanted to live in the same town. Mm-hmm. And it, actually a realtor called and said, there's an ad for a temporary business law professor. Do you think you can teach? Uh, and I've said, I was like 26, 27, and I said, mm-hmm. of course I could 
change. Mm -hmm. And so literally with like three weeks notice, I taught a class of 250, a class of 80, and a class of 40 at Utah State, Mm -hmm. uh, but loved it and then applied for the permanent position. And uh, that's how I got into academia. Hmm. Were there any challenges in your first couple years of teaching or things that you learned jumping into it so quickly? (laughs) There's tons of challenges when you teach 250 uh, undergraduates and you're teaching them business law. How do you keep them engaged? Uh, The only way I had saw law taught was how it was taught in law school, which is through the Socratic method. Uh, And so that works a little bit with undergraduates, but not exactly with undergraduates. And so I developed a system where I had three by five cards and I would call on at least 10 to 15 students a class period Mm -hmm. in order to make sure that they were prepared. And so there were some techniques like that that I didn't necessarily know the first, my first time at teaching law. And then just really how to give written papers and classes that large. We don't have that problem in Santa Clara. Mm -hmm. And then um, how how, how long did you teach law before moving on? Oh, I I taught for a long time, over 20 years. So Mm -hmm. I was an assistant professor, an associate Mm -hmm. professor, a full professor. And I actually became a department chair. Uh, I was invited to be a professor, a visiting professor at University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then I was invited to be a professor at the University of Georgia. And so I was actually gone from Utah State for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. I got back, the department chair that we had hadn't done a very good job. And the department, frankly, was a mess. Mm -hmm. And everybody was leaving and nobody was talking to each other. And so the dean made me be a department chair. And Mm -hmm. he said, uh, and one of the things I like to tell students is it's one of my leadership lessons. It was because I was gone. Everybody still liked me. If I had been there, I probably would have had to pick sides. Uh, And so I told them I would do it for three years. And three years, uh, in that middle of that three years, a new president came into Utah State Mm -hmm. and fired all the deans. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, and that's my other leadership lesson. The faculty really wanted me to apply for the dean's position. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no way that I'm going to be the dean. It, he, he's out from an out, he's an outsider. He's coming in. Clearly he wants his own people, but it wasn't attractive to an external person. Mm-hmm. And so the provost and president asked me to be the dean. Uh, and I told him once again, I do it for three years, but I really like being a faculty member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd learned how to do development. I learned how to meet alumni. Um, and so that's how I became a dean at Utah State. Mm-hmm. And then from there, three years turned into four. That president left. The provost who hired me became the president. And then a search consultant called about the Florida State job. And that's how I got into the dean's work. Hmm. What did you learn the first couple of years by being a dean at, in Utah? <laughs> well, it, being a dean is very different than being a faculty member. And so you learn to manage your time differently. You learn to count meetings as actual work time. As a faculty member, you count meetings is wasted time. Uh, and if I did that, I wouldn't accomplish anything all day long. Uh, you, The modern business dean now meets a lot with alumni. And so you learn to meet with alumni. You learn to ask for money. You learn to ask for support. You learn to talk about your strategic vision. Uh, you learn to really collectively uh, try to distill what the faculty are doing and be able to tell other people about that. Uh, and it turns out I actually really like that. I, I love that part of uh, being the dean. Mm-hmm. And then how did you eventually end up at Santa Clara? <laughs> so, so I was at Florida State for a little over nine years, mm-hmm. and actually my husband passed away. And so he had brain cancer, and uh, he passed away. And I'm from originally from Utah, so I'm from the West. 
my son makes commercials in LA and my daughter was going to pursue a PhD at UC Riverside uh, and my mother was still alive my mother-in-law was still alive I own a ranch in Utah with Lynn's brothers and so the question they really wanted me to move west mm-hmm. and I what wasn't going to move with, with it, unless it was a great job. Mm-hmm. And so when the search consultant called about this one, um, I'm like, I don't really see the fit. <laughs> I've never been in anything as small as Santa Clara. The mm-hmm. College of Business is larger than Santa Clara University that I was in charge of at Florida mm-hmm. State. I've never been in a private school. Uh, I've never lived in a big city. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not Catholic. So I don't really see how it, it works. But they mm-hmm. talked me into to interviewing for the position. Mm-hmm. And so when I came and looked at it, I fell in love. I mean, it's dramatically beautiful, as anybody who's here knows. Just physically beautiful. I really like the idea of classes at 25 and 30, because you actually get to meet the students who aren't in trouble. You get to see lots of students who are Mm -hmm. doing really, really well. The idea of a private university was intriguing, because I would learn a different skill set, how it's funded, uh, how it's managed, which is actually quite a bit different than a public school. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, living in Silicon Valley uh, was spectacular. I've met tons of business people here, lots of people, I call it meeting people who do business on steroids. Lots of our alumni are CEOs and CFOs and chief marketing officers. And Mm -hmm. so that's been really exciting. But that's how I got here. Uh, Hmm. And it's actually better than I thought. Hmm. What were your your goals? um, Were there any changes you wanted to make moving in or goals that you had for the next couple of years when you started Uh, out here? my, My one goal was actually the goal set by the Board of Trustees at Santa Clara. And they really wanted not just the business school, but all of the university to be more uh, firmly in, in, um, in, entwined with Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and to really emphasize our place. So there's lots of great universities in the country, but they don't live in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And so one of my goals has been is to amplify to a much broader audience uh, what Santa Clara's business in general does and why it's important to Silicon Valley and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a theme, you can go anywhere from here, but most of our alums actually stay within a 60 mile radius Mm -hmm. uh, because the work environment is so spectacular and then really to amplify why a Santa Clara education is different than a Stanford education or a Berkeley education. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really about our conscientiousness, Mm -hmm. our students' uh, emphasis on being a humane business leader, Mm -hmm. uh, and all of that's just tons of fun. So there's lots of messaging, there's lots of uh, external work that I do in that area, Mm -hmm. uh, just meeting alums all the time, uh, and uh, Mm -hmm. meeting friends of ours. Not everybody's an alum, we have a lot of friends as well. So Mm -hmm. So that was my goal, and I think after two and a half years, uh, we're on our on the way to doing that. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley is kind of known for being fast-paced and competitive and entrepreneurial. So would you say that Santa Clara is trying to prepare students to kind of fit into that, or are you trying to emphasize a different set of values? I hope we're trying to get students to fit into that. Uh, one of our goals is to make sure our students leave the, and they can reinvent themselves every three to five years. I think that's really important. And our other goal is that even if you're not going to be an entrepreneur, that you have an entrepreneurial mindset when you leave here. So that you're you're – and people sometimes – ask what's an entrepreneurial mindset and it's really the ability to see the future (laughs) to be able to adapt to change pretty quickly to not say this is the way we've always done it Mm. uh, and to be and to move very quickly Uh, as you pointed out business is incredibly fast-paced here Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you don't move quickly um, then you're going to be behind and so we want our students to be prepared for that environment Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so in the past several years with the rising costs of higher education, um, there have been more stories of entrepreneurs who kind of skip college and go straight into yeah. the working world to start a company, which saves uh, sometimes a lot of money, yeah. right? Um, and especially in, in business education as compared to maybe law or medicine, there's a, a stronger argument for the value of real world experience. Mm-hmm. So why should a student who's maybe on the fence about the time and money commitment of a business education choose to stay in school versus just uh, start a company? I think that's actually a really, really good question and one I think a lot about because it actually is of no value if we don't provide value to the student, (laughs) Uh, if you can learn it all on your own. And so what I think Santa Clara does and probably does really, really well is our liberal arts education, which doesn't necessarily train you for today's job, although we hope we do but hopefully training you for the job five to ten years out. And that really comes from reflection and having a broad body of knowledge that you can draw upon and flat out a network. Mm-hmm. One of the things universities give you is a network of people who do like things and like-minded, and you'll rely on that network forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our ability to tap into that network, to give you that liberal arts education, to top it with high-quality business education, uh, I think is, is why students should stay in school and why they really want to stay at, at Santa Clara. We have an incredible graduation rate and retention mm-hmm. rate, and I think students and their parents understand the value of that. Mm-hmm. How much leadership do you think can be taught in the classroom versus learned in the world? <laughs> well, there's nothing about learning it, but it's usually all bad and negative lessons <laughs> on what doesn't work. Uh, and so I think a lot of leadership actually can be learned in the classroom if a student is self-reflective enough to practice it. But to me, leadership is like any other skill set. You have to practice what it is you do. Uh, And a lot of times people don't understand they're in a leadership position in order to practice it. Um, But in the real world in leadership, for me, most of my big learning has come from failure Mm -hmm. (laughs) or for coming not doing it very well or for um, not being very good at it. Um, And so that's hard to replicate in the classroom. Most students don't like to fail in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... That, to me, is the hard hard part to replicate. But you can replicate it in a university setting, taking leadership over team projects, tape, taking leadership over a club, taping leadership over a group. All of those actually start to build that leadership skill set. I was actually the president of my sorority when I was mm-hmm. in college, uh, and the skills I learned there, I actually still use now. And so I would have never had that had I gone right to work. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, failures in your career that you've especially learned from or that have helped kind of shape you? Sure. Uh, I mean, we all have lots of failures. Mm-hmm. Some of the early ones where it didn't quite work out as well is I actually didn't like the practice of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that was my husband was living in a different town. Uh, part of it was it just wasn't that interesting to me. The study of law was really interesting. But when you work in a large law firm, you don't do, I, from me, my perspective, you don't do really interesting projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus it's long hours, mm-hmm. uh, which all jobs are long hours, but it's long hours doing tedious work. And so I wasn't necessarily failing at it, but I didn't love it. And one of the things I learned is that I'm much better at doing things I love 
rather than doing things that I'm just doing it in order to draw a pretty good paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that was one early on in my career. Um, you know, here we had budget trouble in the college of business or the school of business last year. Uh, and so whether my communication style was effective to help people understand what those budget troubles look like, uh, I'm still working through. And, you know, how you communicate with faculty, how you communicate with students, how you communicate with administration and trustees on letting everybody know, yes, we recognize the problem and we're fixing the problem and this is how we're going to fix it just stay with us uh, to me that's a really interesting leadership question because you're leading in crisis mm-hmm. what uh, what are a couple skills or mindsets that you hope graduates walk away with or learn throughout their time in business school here I hope that they're intellectually inquisitive because they never know what they're going to see and so I actually hope but I know that it's that they read a lot and that they read pretty widely Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that's really helped me in my meeting with alumni is that I actually can talk with almost on almost any subject at a pretty base level Mm -hmm. because I watch sports I understand classical music I understand art I understand the humanities I understand a lot of business I read in technology areas and so there's not very many topics that would come up in Uh, that I wouldn't at least be able to hold a conversation Mm -hmm. in. And I hope students gain that from a university setting that reading broadly is really, really important, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as being open to change. Mm -hmm. Are there any um, business or technology trends that over the next five to 10 years you think will change the way we live our lives? I think artificial intelligence will totally disrupt higher education. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also think virtual reality will totally disrupt higher education. Mm -hmm. Um, How? The well, for part of the reason in, in artificial intelligence, the amount of data that you can gather is really interesting. And if you think about higher ed, it's on a 400 year old model, and so there's really no reason that you would have 10 week classes that are 50 minutes a piece where you sit in the classroom because you can find the information quicker than I can, and you can somebody can analyze it for you. And so that there's no reason why it's four years to graduation. <laughs> there's no reason that it's so many hours to graduation. All of that is a construct of a 400-year-old model. Mm-hmm. And there are already being experiments with that. So, for example, maybe you should never graduate from Santa Clara. Maybe you should always be able to pop back in and retool. And mm-hmm. so there might not be a thing as an alumni. <laughs> Uh, And to me, those things haven't been thought about very hard in our current higher education system. Plus, with virtual reality, you can be in the best professor's class in the world Mm -hmm. on any subject, and you'll feel like you're there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's not just like online education. I mean, it's real education. If you've been to gaming and wore the virtual reality, Mm -hmm. and you 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 can replicate a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think those two technologies and the intersection between them uh, will have a, a profound impact on what we do. Hmm. Do you think Santa Clara will take steps in those directions, I guess, in the next Yeah, we, are, we already are. We're actually looking at artificial intelligence as a group, as a campus, uh, and virtual reality. And we're looking at it in the context of what does it mean to humans? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, and a lot of... Uh, people know it's going to put a whole bunch of people out of business. There are a lot of jobs that just aren't going to be necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a whole bunch of jobs that will be necessary uh, in that phase. But is it humane that 90% of lawyers might lose their jobs? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens to society when that occurs. And we're very well placed with the Markula Center and with the Miller Center for Social Entrepreneurship and the Ignatian Centers and the schools and colleges to really think hard about that issue. Plus, we sit here. Mm-hmm. We're not, we don't teach artificial intelligence. It's actually being done. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's seven majors currently in the School of Business. There's accounting, accounting information systems, management information systems, finance, economics, marketing, and management. Um, if you could magically start a new major and add an eighth one, what would it be? <laughs> oh, um, it, would pro- it would actually probably be either hospitality or real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're adding real estate and and maybe business analytics. We mm-hmm. already have a business analytics minor, but I actually think everybody needs analytics. And maybe business analytics, which is, is for graduate work, and we have gra- a graduate degree in business analytics. Hospitality is a huge industry, mm-hmm. and it's a huge industry here and other places, and, and there are really good jobs in it. Mm-hmm. And so far, it requires people to do it <laughs> because the customer service aspect to it and all of that uh, is important. We don't do anything very much in the hospitality space. And then real estate is a huge area in California and beyond. Um, and it's not going away, and it's there's a variety of configurations of it, and we have over 100 students who are interested in our real estate minor, and I think they would love a real estate major. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're too small to really offer a third um, major. You really have to have a critical mass in order to offer majors. Right. The other one people have, have talked about is an entrepreneurship major. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that would be a viable major or not, I don't know. Be- in other places it is. But in Silicon Valley, people seem to do entrepreneurship rather than study it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to me, that's an interesting open question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we probably won't add any majors at the undergraduate level where you might see majors added is at the graduate level. Mm-hmm. So we've had traditionally an MBA for a long time. We've totally redone the curriculum, so it's Silicon Valley-based, and we've added an online MBA. We've added a master's degree in business analytics. Mm-hmm. We have a relatively young master's degree in finance and a relatively young master's degree in supply chain. Mm-hmm. And then we have a little bit older master's degree in information systems. All of those curriculum change almost quarterly because they have a business board over the top of them. And we're looking at maybe adding a master's degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so what a lot of students actually need to think about now is maybe they need four years undergraduate and then a one-year graduate degree mm-hmm. in order to have a deep dive into a particular uh, area and we're experimenting with that in finance and in business analytics right now. Mm -hmm. What two or three programs uh, do you think, would would you want like a new freshman business student to be aware of coming into uh, Santa Clara? I think they definitely need to be aware of our entrepreneurship minor. I think they definitely need to be aware of our business analytics minor. Uh, That's new. If they're interested in maybe not being in technology, uh, but in other areas, they should look at, we're also redoing our retail minor. Uh, It has been historically a fashion bricks and mortars one. It's being totally redone uh, along with our marketing degree uh, to make sure that it's a digital uh, and uh, it'll be totally uh, totally transformed yeah cool so you've had you've had several firsts in your career uh, being the first uh, woman business school dean at utah state and florida state and now here at santa clara so have you ever felt increased like pressure to be a role model or to succeed because business has been so historically male always i always i always think i am a role model uh, i understand 
um, what that means. I, I was one of when, but when I practiced law, I was one of the f- six women lawyers in a, in a firm of over 80. And the first woman partner was made a partner then. So I've been in all male industries uh, before. It's interesting at Santa Clara, though, almost all the deans are women. <laughs> and so that's been actually interesting. So the dean of the College of Arts and Sciences is female. The dean of psychology and education is female. Uh, the, and I'm female. And the dean of law school is female. And so, which is very rare to have that many women deans uh, on a faculty and, and in administrative positions. Hmm. And what would you say that up to this point you are most proud of in your career? What am I most proud of in my career? There are two, uh, and one is that I did all the pre-work on the John Huntsman uh, naming gift that came in to Utah State, and that was already teed up when I left. I felt good about leaving because it was ready to be announced. And that was a $25 million gift uh, mm-hmm. to name the school. And then at uh, Florida State, uh, I worked really, really hard in conjunction with my predecessor um, to, to receive a $100 million gift mm-hmm. uh, from the Jim Moran Foundation and Mrs. Moran naming the School of Entrepreneurship at Florida State University. Mm-hmm. And so those types of gifts aren't solo to me. Those are team efforts, and they're usually several generations of deans and presidents and provosts who work on them. But uh, I developed very strong relationships in those t- two particular gifts, uh, and I feel really proud because both of them are transformative. I mm-hmm. uh, hope mm-hmm. to do something similar here at uh, Santa Clara University. Nice. Well, I'd love to wrap up with a couple shorter questions. Okay, sure. So, firstly, what books would you recommend that every college student read? Oh, what books would I recommend every college student should read? Uh, one of my very favorite books is actually a biography. I think everybody should read John Adams' biography. I think it's really, really top-notch. Uh, and so I'm a big fan about reading from exemplars. Uh, and uh, so I would strongly encourage uh, that. The an, Another actually book that I recommend a lot of times to people uh, is the 10-Day MBA because uh, it gives you a flavor for what business schools teach in a pretty short <laughs> documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an older book, um, but I think even if you don't do a business degree, it gives you the language of business, uh, and then you can decide whether graduate business education uh, is for you. And I'm actually reading Da Vinci right now, mm-hmm. yeah, which I've is a really, really, really good book. Mm-hmm. And I rec- a lot of times now I just drop everything on an ebook. Because uh, it's easy, because I travel. Uh, but this one I actually got because the the paper is wonderful, and the illustrations and are spectacular. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you can see, I'm a big fan of big yeah. books. I also read all of Game of Thrones, which I think is really interesting, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of Harry Potter, which I think has huge lessons in it. So, uh-huh. what is your favorite place that you've traveled? Uh, probably Santorini, Greece. Hmm. Why? Because it's spectacularly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's picture book beautiful. Uh, I actually, there's hardly any place I've been that I don't like, but it's particularly, and the water's crystal clear, and it's the white. Um, and then I love history. Mm-hmm. And so Greece just in and of itself is a, is a beautiful place. And ancient history, of course, is really interesting, especially for today's world. Hmm. Uh, If you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Be nice. Be civil. Be nice. 
Um, are there any recent purchases of around $100 or less that have made an impact in your life that you've really enjoyed? <laughs> $100 or less. A new charger for my phone <laughs> I just ordered on Amazon oh, yeah. right now. Uh, so that's going to make a huge impact because I won't, then I'll remember to plug my phone in because I've lost s- several chargers. So I bought, I deal, I bought more yeah. than one. And actually, uh, I love Dollar Tree's glasses. They're mm-hmm. a buck a piece. Uh, I buy them 20 at a time, and, and they make a huge difference in my life because mm-hmm. I can live, leave them everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, my phone chargers always break, too. <laughs> yeah, they always break. and So mm-hmm. on Amazon, it's like 15 bucks, and you can buy mm-hmm. like five. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what does your ideal Saturday look like? Oh, my ideal Saturday. I actually might have been this last Saturday, and I don't get them very often. So my son came up for an early birthday, um, and I stayed in my sweats all day long. Uh, and we went to a movie. We went and saw actually The Darkest Hour, which was a great movie. Now I want to read Churchill's biography. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a great uh, meal at Santana Row, and then we hung out at night and laughed and drank a bottle of wine. <laughs> and it was the perfect Saturday. <laughs> Sometimes I can sprinkle that with playing golf or fly fishing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And finally, what advice would you give to a first-year college student? Stay on top of your classes uh, and have a great time. You're only in in college, uh, really, for four years. Uh, And while it might seem overwhelming, it's actually not. Life always gets better. And so just have a great time and meet as many people as you can and try new things. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you, Gavin. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. Thank you.